you know, being so. Well, I don't know. I was so ask you like the you same are. thing. Well, well, what's it like going around getting hit on by all these girls? You got to beat them off with the stick. <laughs> <laughs> We are <laughs> live. We're back, baby. We're live, baby. Yeah. yeah, we're excited to be back and talk to you about Genesis chapter 20 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say let's just dive in head first. Uh, Genesis 20, starting off in verse 1. Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the land of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur. Then he sojourned in Gerar. Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, Will you slay a nation, even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart, you have done this. And I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now, therefore... Restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So we see here now that Abraham is journeying. Abraham is going to the Negev. And so we see here that he comes into the territory of Abimelech. And uh, Abraham slips back into his old habits of convince, or asking Sarah to tell people that she's his sister instead of his wife because he's afraid. And so we see the same thing. Uh, I mean, we see almost the same thing as we saw with what he did in Egypt with Pharaoh. So Abimelech took Sarah uh, to prepare her to become his wife. And then so God showed up in a dream letting Abimelech know, hey, like, you know, you know, that if he does try to do this, that he will die. And so Abimelech responds to God in the dream, letting him know, hey, I didn't know this. I didn't know she was married. You know, they both said she was just Abraham's sister. And so God said, well, you, you let her go, give her back to Abraham, and Abraham will pray for you so that you don't die. So with this, like I said, Abraham, um, He's he's had some moments where we've been like, whoa, dude, Abraham's a stud. Then there's moments where he slips back into resorting to deception. So he, you know, won't get killed. But it's one of those things that God already made this promise. God already said, like, from, you know, I'm going to make a great nation from you. So since that's what God already said, God won't let his own will be hindered. Um, but for whatever reason right now, Abraham is still struggling and it is like this this can be a scary situation because as abraham because he's a foreigner he has no civil rights if you will 
right? So he has no protection. So usually in these, in these times, when you would travel outside your own country, you would travel with family members, right? And so he was traveling with Lot, but now that he kind of broke off from everyone, he has no extra protection other than the people that his, his kind of entourage. So this is when, when you're traveling foreign places, um, like Abraham's situation in these times, it would be very dangerous or it could be. And so I understand he, you know, there's a legitimate reason to be afraid, except the fact that if you trust God, that he's going to make a great nation from you and you haven't had a kid yet uh, from you and Sarah, then God won't let his own will be hindered. And so um, we see here almost uh, Abimelech is, is kind of the innocent person here. And so, something interesting, verse 4, he says, will you slay a nation even though blameless? So we kind of get like this mirror statement of what Abraham said um, two chapters ago where he said, would, would you, he asked God, would you kill an entire city, you know, if there were 50 righteous? And then he talked him down. And so it's kind of interesting how that uh, we see that again. So also, though, I guess what, oh, well, sorry, I wanted to mention real quick as well. This is the first use of the word prophet in the Bible. So we see that Abraham is a prophet, or God calls him a prophet in this when he's talking to Abimelech in this dream. And one of the first takeaways I see here is just the sanctity of marriage, the high value that God holds uh, or has merit. Has we see the sanctity of marriage here, God's high view of marriage, and how important it is, and how serious God takes it. Yeah. You know, the only two things I would add is, you know, you kind of see Abraham kind of roaming all over the place. Um, he had a bunch of flocks and those flocks had to, you know, be moved to different pastures to eat different grass. And so it seems that Abraham kind of right now is living a bit of a nomadic lifestyle. So and that brought him ultimately to Abimelech's land, as you mentioned. And like you said, he's jumping to the same sin again. And before we throw Abraham to the wolves, has uh, anybody here ever uh, found themselves caught in the same sin more than once? <laughs> Feel free to raise your hand. Anybody? <laughs> uh, so I would just, yeah, I mean... You know, Abraham's, uh, he's a human just like everybody else. So, sweet. Love it. Let us move on. Um, I also, just before we do that, actually, I would like to highlight one more thing. Uh, Abimelech right now seems to be in stark contrast to... Um, some of the other people that they've uh, run into as well. Yeah. Basically, we got Abimelech, who, who I'm guessing is not. Uh, I don't know if it specifically says. You can correct me, but doesn't he like? He's not a follower of the one true God of the Bible. I'm, I'm getting the impression that he he's a Gentile. You know, he's just some random guy and he seems to have a, a lot of integrity here you know not all the areas in which they didn't worship 
the one true God of the Bible, did they just have to be like ruthless animals like they were in Sodom and Gomorrah? So um, here we definitely see someone that is maintaining his integrity. That's my understanding of Abimelech too, though, is that he was just a non-believing. I mean, he, he yeah, he's he's a non-believer. He's some foreign king. There, there's the the evidence would point to if you if you did like historical contextual you know kind of perspective the evidence would point to him not being a believer so anyway i agree actually one more thing um abimelech is my understanding it's not even a a name it's not like a name abraham it's more more of a title like king for example which i thought was interesting as well because i always thought that this guy just had a a cool name, Abimelech. That's a good tidbit. Yeah, I thought that was fun. I thought that was a fun, fun deal. So this man is moving. He's traveling some distances here. This isn't a situation where you hop on a plane and you're like, once you leave a place, like, hey, we'll see you next next Christmas. You know, uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. You know, back in the day when you left a city and you, chances are you were never, ever, ever going to come back. So Abraham is making some moves. Not only that, you know, there there's not exactly like a heat map of crime in a particular area that you're traveling to, which I imagine is why um, our boy Abraham, he's going around telling everyone he's sister because everyone's sister because if every person you walk up to you don't know if they're going to murder you because your wife is so incredibly beautiful i suspect you know it seems odd but i suspect abram had some death threats in the past due to due to his wife right you don't just automatically start saying stuff like this right like typically something happens to you you know and you're like uh-oh was it worth it? You know, was it really worth it marrying such a beautiful woman? Because I'm constantly getting um, death threats, ultimately. Which just goes to show how crazy beautiful Sarah was, right? If people are willing to kill you over this woman, she must be pretty beautiful. So, you know, the curse of beauty. Justin. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's what it's like to have that curse? Yeah, so no, I I was just thinking a modern day illustration. I think it's when you take your really hot girlfriend to the bar and then you end up getting into a bar fight. Yeah. <laughs> another guy hits on that was exactly what popped into my head. <laughs> I was just, but I was thinking like, what like what's it like for you? You know what I mean, going around and you know being so well. I don't know. I was going to ask you the same thing. What's it like going around getting hit on by all these girls? You got to beat them off with a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh. Yeah. I like to live vicariously through your your, uh, relationships. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck with that. (laughs) All right. Um, seriously, though, like for our viewers, um, <laughs> what's it like to be this handsome, dude? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. I'm just some 
goofy looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just. Um, is it tough to go outside sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I would say that I, I probably can't relate to Sarah, but. You know, it's one of those things that uh, there, there's pros and cons, right? There, there's pros and cons to being uh, crazy hot. So that's right. Well, we we're, we feel we do uh, we don't we can't we can't sympathize exactly because we don't know what it's like, but <laughs> we uh, we feel sorry for you. Um, verse eight. So Abimelech arose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were greatly frightened. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things. That ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered that you have done this thing? Abraham said, Because I thought, surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife, and it came about when God caused me to wonder from my father's house that I said to her, This is the kindness which you will show to me. Everywhere we go, say to me, He is my brother. Abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. To Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you, and before all men you are cleared. Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maids, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So, a lot going on here. Um, God shows up to Abimelech in a dream. Basically said he's a dead man unless he gives Sarah back. And then verse 8 starts with Abimelech telling all of his servants about what had happened in his dream. And everyone was super scared, as they should be. Then Abimelech starts talking to Abraham and says, Abraham, why in the world would you do this? I haven't done anything wrong. What have you encountered that you have done this thing? And I think this is also ultimate reference to what I said earlier, right? Abraham probably encountered some crazy stuff in the past to make him want to lie about this on a regular basis. Abraham then said, because I thought... There is no fear of God in this place. They will kill me because of my wife. I think this is another great reference to the fact that these people likely weren't worshiping the one true God of the Bible. 
there wasn't a fear of God. So there was likely some some unwholesome things going on would be my guess. Uh, unless Abraham's lying in this in this case, but Abraham obviously was inclined at least in some part to believe that these people didn't didn't fear God. Perhaps they didn't believe in a God. Who knows? Who knows the situation? But there's some indication that these the, the, that Abimelech and the kingdom were not follow were not putting God first in their lives. And so Abraham is saying that, hey, I thought you were going to kill me because of my wife. And I told my wife, anytime that you, we go anywhere, tell everyone that you're my sister so that I don't get killed. And then he goes on to explain that she actually is his sister, which is totally not acceptable these days. But really, she's his half-sister. So, um, they don't, they have one parent that is the same and one parent that is ultimately different, different. And they differ by, they, the similarity is of the father. So they have the same father, different mothers, and they ended up getting married that Abimelech basically gives Abraham a bunch of stuff. And then Abraham ultimately prays for Abimelech such that he and his wives and his maids can now start having children again. So it sounds like God, you know, did something within the kingdom, something within these people, which until Abraham was released and Abraham prayed for them, they were going to have some trouble with childbearing. So a lot of crazy stuff going on um, here. I'll just add one more thought. It's just interesting. While they don't fear God, while Abimelech in his kingdom doesn't seem to fear God based upon what Abraham says here, um, Abimelech does have integrity. So I think it fortifies this idea that you can be a morally good person in our society even today and not not have a relationship with God. You don't it's this whole idea that you can't be moral if you aren't a Christian is just completely unfounded. You know, there's plenty of moral people. In fact, there's there's people that are more moral that are um, at times not Christians that Than, than Christians, right? I think you find people, of, I've, I've met people of other religions, you know, people, uh, you know, other religions and other faiths that are much more moral than some of the Christians that we have floating around in the world. And so I don't think you have to be a Christian in order to show moral um, aptitude. That's Justin. Yes, I, I agree that you don't have to. Um, you you can show high morality without being a Christian, um, but as we see in the Bible, even with no matter how good your morality is, uh, we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God, and so we need to 
in order to get to heaven, um, we need to put our faith in, in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Um, we, we definitely can't work our way there. Um, <clears throat> but I agree that Abimelech was, I mean, he did show integrity, right, as the, as the text says. And I think uh, one of the things that I've seen in my life is when you have a situation where you're, you just can't see how it's going to pan out, you know, the way you hope, the way you hoped it would. And God intervenes and, and the situation works out maybe in a, a, a really well. Um, I'm definitely not saying the Bible promises, promises us the situation is always going to work out well. But in this situation, Abraham failed to trust God. So he lied. And he created a reason for this king to be even to be mad with him. And but God intervened. And instead of this king being mad at him, so God fixed the situation so that Sarah was not involved with Abimelech, was restored to Abraham. And then Abraham got a whole bunch of stuff. And then Abimelech said, hey, you just you, you can stay anywhere in this land, I believe. Um, and so. It, it just God intervened in a way um, that that was mighty, and Abraham was afraid he was going to get killed. So yeah, a couple other interesting things. You know, Abimelech is rebuking <laughs> Abraham. Abraham's supposed to be like yeah. the righteous one, right? The one that does the right things. And here we have this pagan king, this king that doesn't fear that supposedly doesn't fear God and he's rebuking Abraham and telling him like, Hey, why did you lie? That's not cool. You shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. so that, I, that's, that's definitely fascinating. Um, perhaps Abraham had it all wrong. That's another possibility. You know, Abraham was, you know, thought that, you know, the only way to be moral perhaps was to fear God when in fact, that wasn't necessarily the case. I would also say, you know, with the, with regards, and you mentioned this in the first paragraph, the promise coming of Isaac. Isaac is, has not come yet at this point, um, but is is going to come in the next year time frame. And so we have a self, we have ourselves a situation in which, if Abimelech ultimately marries Sarah then we kind of have this like Jerry Springer moment where it's like, well, who is the father? That's the question that comes up. And so obviously God protects that whole situation by not allowing Abimelech to come anywhere near Sarah. But because of this coming, this coming promise that God ultimately has for Abraham and Sarah, this upcoming baby that, that the covenant's going to come through, which we're going to see, which we have seen, and we're going to see more of in the future. So definitely, uh, I think one more thing to point out here is that Abraham is putting into jeopardy by, by, by allowing Abimelech to almost bringing Sarah into his harem essentially by by almost allowing Abimelech to marry Sarah Abraham is putting into jeopardy this whole all of God's plan you know by 
you know, of this promised upcoming son. So it seems like Abraham is is not thinking. He's not thinking in this situation. God has big plans for Abraham, and God's going to come through no matter what. But that doesn't mean Abraham should intentionally put challenges along the way <laughs> to do this. You know, like why in the world would he potentially jeopardize this coming son uh, of Isaac that God has promised? I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Abraham. Um, it was probably one of those moments where a little lie turns into a much bigger lie and then all of a sudden it gets out snowballs out of control and you find yourself in this big big challenge as he as he did here so those are all my comments justin any more comments before we sign off no i think you you summed it up very well about uh, just the god preserving his will and, and what he said cool chapter 20 Seven. the neat <laughs> <laughs> we're done chapter 21 we shall see you soon and we'll see you soon as well later